The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What you know about rolling down in the deep When your brain goes numb You can call that mental freeze When these people talk too much Put that shit in slow motion, yeah I feel like an astronaut in the ocean, hey What you know about rolling down in the deep When your brain goes numb You can call that mental freeze When these people talk too much Put that shit in slow motion, yeah I feel like an astronaut in the she say that I'm cool. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I believe in G-O-D. Don't believe in T-H-O-T. She keep playing me dumb. I'ma play her for fun. Y'all don't really know my men, so let me give you the Alright everyone, hello and welcome to the Debbie Authority. We are operating under the media empire that is the fantasyauthority.com, where you can find all of your Debbie Dynasty, DFS, and redraft fantasy football needs. We want to thank everyone so much for tuning in with us tonight, and we look forward to continuing to build our Devi brand here in the future. Uh, I am your host for this weekly adventure, uh, CJ Lang. You can find me on Twitter at Clubber underscore Lang 83. Uh, I am doing Dynasty Superflex rankings uh, and Dynasty Devi content on the fantasyauthority.com, and I am also part of the newly formed Devi team over at Fantasy Pros. Uh, my co-host... For this adventure is relatively new to TFA, but his rookie profiles this year have been absolutely killing it. And he actually almost, and I say almost, made me draft Terrace Marshall in one of my fantasy rookie drafts. Uh, he's been killing it so far. Please welcome in Christian Welch, a.k.a. Evil Empire FF on Twitter. Christian, what's up, kid? What's going on, CJ? Appreciate the intro. Excited to be on the Devi Authority tonight and, you know, just glad to be a part of the TFA fam in general. So excited to get this going. Uh, let's get into some recent college football news, Christian. Recently, LSU quarterback TJ Finley has entered the transfer portal and he has landed in Auburn. Now, TJ Finley, for those of you who don't know, was the first to replace new quarterback Miles Brennan on the LSU team last year. Uh, and TJ said, God told me I needed to do this. Uh, that is a powerful uh, transfer portal recruit. Uh, the reason this is so intriguing is because the LSU quarterback race was a three-man contest and now goes down to just Miles Brennan and Max Johnson. Uh, Max Johnson is my QB4 for the 2023 season. He should win the starting job because he's had such a strong finish last season. But this now starts a new competition 
between TJ Finley and the incumbent Bo Nix. Now, Bo Nix was the 2019 five-star number one ranked dual threat quarterback in the nation. He also shared the National Football Club's high school quarterback of the year with Spencer Rattler. He was also the 2019 SEC freshman of the year. But after two years as the starter, he's got a record of 13 and 11. Auburn hasn't finished any higher than third in the SEC West. Uh, so do you think that TJ will challenge for that starting spot, Christian? I don't. Um, so, so really just stepping back and comparing these two guys as prospects. I mean, TJ Finley's got tremendous size. I mean, this guy's 6'6", 250. Um, he was only a three-star prospect in high school, though. He was the number 19 pro-style quarterback in the country. Uh, the five games that he played at LSU last year, he had a 57% completion percentage, 941 yards, five TDs, five interceptions. That's a 118 quarterback rating. Uh, comparing that to Bo Nix, like I said, you just touched on the prospect um, that Bo Nix was coming out of high school, the number one dual threat QB in the country, five star. Um, I, I just don't feel they're they're similar um, as prospects. Bo Nix is just the the, the better player. Um, Bo Nix has not been great. Um, apparently, only Jordan Palmer thinks that Bo Nix is great. Yeah, I think we all saw that where where Jordan Palmer said that Bo Nix is going to be the number one overall pick of the draft last year, and uh, you know that's just comical. But back to Finley for a second, those five games he started for LSU, they went two and three in those games. The wins were against bottom feeders, Arkansas and South Carolina. The losses all to strong teams, Bama, A&M, and then Auburn. Um, but 118 quarterback rating, five touchdowns, five picks. Comparing that to Knicks, Knicks' quarterback rating was not much better, 124 over the past two seasons. But the element that he brings on the ground as a dual threat is, is you know, much more than what T.J. Finley can bring. Nix has seven touchdowns on the ground each of the past two seasons. So I really just think he, he he's a more dynamic player. He's a more proven player. He's a better prospect. It's hard for me to see T.J. Finley coming in and dethroning Bo Nix this first year. Now, one thing to keep in mind is Auburn has a new coach, Brian Harson from Boise State, and he clearly went out and got Finley. He inherited Nix, so that's something to look at. But for me, looking looking at the players at this point in their careers, I'm not sure they're close enough for it to be a real battle. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, you know, I honestly think that T.J. Finley probably would have finished third in that LSU quarterback competition. Uh, so staying in the SEC is always a positive because you're going to get the you're going to get the airtime, you're going to get the you know the the coverage. You'll probably be the backup, uh, so you're really an injury away from starting for another SEC team. I just don't think it was going to happen for him at LSU. Uh, we'll see what the new coach does for Bo Nix. I mean, Bo Nix has got the talent. Uh, obviously, he lost uh, some some good players, um, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, our next piece of news uh, coming up, and, and this is kind of an interesting piece of news that Christian and I wanted to touch on. Uh, Jaden Blue is going to skip his senior season of high school football. Now, this is interesting because – it's really the first story of a major recruit stating that he is going to skip his senior year in high school in order to prepare for college. Now, Jaden Blue is currently on 247 Sports, the number one ranked running back uh, in this recruiting class period. He's committed to Texas after running for a ridiculous 2,100 yards, 30 touchdowns, and a 9.5 yard per carry average his junior year of high school. Uh, he and his family claim that the wear and tear on his body was really the deciding factor in ensuring that he enrolls in Austin very healthy, both physically and mentally prepared. Now, with Bijan Robinson being a sophomore this year and the potential for him to leave early after his junior season, uh, this could potentially mean that Blue has a shot to roll right into a starting role. Uh, what are your thoughts on this move, Christian? Do you think it's smart uh, skipping your senior year in high school? 
I don't like it, and I'm afraid it's going to become a trend. I mean, we've seen this at the college level, starting with you know Fournette a couple of years back, and then and then last year with with COVID, we saw everyone wanting to take the year off, whether it was actually a COVID related issue or not. So this is something we've seen trending this direction. You know, I, I think their parents have had to be listening to fantasy analysts like ourselves and hearing about you know running back carries. You know, the, the toll their bodies take. We want the guys with less mileage and. They're, they're putting too much stock into that. So I really think he's getting some bad advice. You know, 17-year-old kids are not 21-year-old college juniors that are that are prepping to go to the NFL in a couple months that know they're, they have first-round capital. This is too early into his career to take this type of uh, risk, in my opinion. You know, it's not that it's going to affect his standing at Texas. I mean, he's still going to go to Texas, be the, the running back they're featuring in this class, still have the opportunity when Robinson leaves. None of that's going to change in college, but – you know, to me, it's it's not the best idea to, to, to stunt development when you're still in high school. You know, I, I'm just not a fan of it. But unfortunately, I think we're going to see more and more of it going forward because that's just the, you know, the way the college game has moved. Yeah, same thing. I really think that uh, regardless of who his coaches may be in high school, uh, those reps are really important. Uh, he's going to be able to uh, learn a lot in that last year of high school. I understand the wear and tear thing, though. Uh, you know, I had a lot of conversations about this uh, with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know, historically, uh, if you look at running backs who had over 900 carries in college, there really aren't that many uh, who really pop. Now, obviously, Jonathan Taylor seems to be the exception to that rule so far. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I understand the, the wear and tear. And running backs, we know their shelf life is really short. So I guess he's just trying to capitalize it, maybe trying to just get uh, get paid, and uh, and we'll see. Let me say this, though, on that point. Jonathan Taylor's 900 carries in the Big Ten are drastically different than a top 50 player in the country's carries against high school kids while he's racking up 2,100 rushing yards. So yeah. I'm not sure his body is taking quite the beating uh, that Taylor's was in the Big Ten while he's uh, taking down high school kids for 2,100 rushing yards. So I, I'm just not buying that that's a concern at this point in his career. We've all watched high school film, and you know it, it's comical sometimes, <laughs> some of the yeah. running backs' averages. So I, I don't feel he's taking a beating in high school. You know, this is just a, a move that's a financial decision, a career decision. And, you know, we're going to see this happen more and more often and it's going to always get coded as a business decision. So just something we're going to have to get used to. Yeah. What do you think about, though, like, a, you know, Zamir White from Georgia? You know, he got injured his uh, senior season in college, didn't really get to play uh, until, you know, his redshirt freshman year at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's because he had an injury, you know, like outside of injury. I don't feel just him playing his senior season and taking some hits as he's running for 2000 yards is going to do anything. Now, if he breaks his leg, that's a different yeah. story, you know, so that's the risk they're taking is an ACL injury or something like that, similar to White, you know, because White is nowhere near the prospect now that he was, you know, two or three years ago. You know, I've got a uh, top five, 22 running backs piece coming out soon, and I, I, I don't think he's going to be in the top five. You know, he'll probably get an honorable mention just outside looking in, but you know, a couple of years ago, you, you couldn't have sold anyone that he wasn't the top back in that class, you know? So there's a risk there if you actually have a catastrophic injury like that. But without that being a factor, I, I just don't see the, the the wear and tear of being a high school running back really factoring in that much. Yep, I agree. Uh, last bit of news, uh, you know, the, the schedules are out for the college football season, and we have some really big non-conference games to start. Uh, off in September. We've got Oregon at Ohio State. Uh, we've got Wisconsin uh, playing Notre Dame in Chicago. Uh, we've got Auburn traveling up to Penn State. We've got uh, the Huskies of Washington going to the big house. 
And we've got Clemson traveling to Athens to take on said Georgia Bulldogs. So which of these matchups are you most excited about? Well, being being uh, somebody that lives in the South, I mean, it's hard to not gravitate to that Georgia-Clemson game. Um, I know we're from different areas of the country, CJ, and when you sent me this list, I see Wisconsin, I see Notre Dame, I see Penn State, I see Michigan, you know, the Big Ten flavor there. But for me, it's definitely going to be the Georgia-Clemson game. But all of these games interest me. As long as they're not overlapping each other, I'll be watching every minute of every single one of these games. Yeah, I think of all those games, I think the Auburn-Penn State game is probably the one that doesn't excite me all that much. I think uh, the Wisconsin and Notre Dame game playing in Chicago would be kind of cool. Also, I think, you know, Oregon, and I'll talk about uh, one of their players here shortly, but I think they could be sneaky good this year. And Ohio State, you know, uh, they have that spoil of riches with – C.J. Stroud and Master Teague and all those wide receivers that they have, plus the tight end. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and say that they might be on upset alert. I think Oregon could be sneaky good this year uh, and could jump up and bite them. But obviously, you know, the way that Ohio State uh, has that love affair with the voters, uh, I don't think it will really affect them even if they lose. Yeah, so that game, uh, the Vegas line on it right now from DraftKings Sportsbook is Ohio State minus nine and a half. I will be given those points. So, you know, I, I like Oregon too, but but to me, the, the Ohio State machine is just insane right now. You know, this is a Debbie podcast we're doing right now. Pull up your Debbie rankings. 30, 40% of your rankings is probably on this Ohio State team. It is just an embarrassment yep. of riches they have on offense right now. So, like you said, for Oregon, we're going to talk about a couple of their young players later in the pod. Um, running back C.J. Verdell is an interesting player for Oregon in this year's running back class. Um, but Ohio State, like you said, you already mentioned C.J. Stroud. They have the freshman QB, Kyle McCord, that we'll probably see get on the field a little bit this year as well. You mentioned Master Teague at running back. The, the running back I'm excited about there is not even Master Teague. It's, it's Trevion Henderson and Evan Pryor, the two freshmen. You know, wide receiver Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Emeka Igbuka, uh, Jeremy Ruckert at tight end. I mean, that it's just insane the amount of, of players we're going to have on our fantasy teams for years on this Ohio state team. So I just think they're, they're, they're too much, you know, Oregon's a nice team, but traveling to Ohio to play Ohio state and this monster, I just, I'm going to be taking that Ohio state minus nine and a half all day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, that Clemson uh, Georgia game is also intriguing. It always seems like every year, Georgia, they just their expectations are through the roof, and uh, they just never really come through. You know, uh, Clemson's going to be look a lot different this year. No Trevor Lawrence, no Travis Etienne. Um, they're they're going to be they're going to we'll see. I mean, DJU has definitely shown against my Boston College Eagles that he can play. Um, so I think that will be interesting. I think the fact that it's at Georgia might help them a bit, but I, I still think Clemson could could take this one. Uh, Clemson's favored by four, so it's looking to be a close game. Uh, This game is completely about the quarterbacks for me, though. As you just mentioned, this is the start of the DJU era at Clemson. I am absolutely in love with Georgia's quarterback right now, too. JT Daniels, I don't think, is getting enough hype right now as possibly being the QB3 in this upcoming class. But last year when he took over, um, he came in and played four games, 67% completion, 1,231 yards, 10 touchdowns, two picks. If you extrapolate that to a full season, I mean, you're looking almost 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, six picks. I mean, this dude was throwing 300-plus a game and really making Georgia look like a different team when he took the job. So with a full season, I I really think JT Daniels can increase his draft stock, and, you know, Georgia should be a better team having 
solid quarterback play. If you remember Georgia last year, they had a kind of a rotating door after Jamie Newman um, opted out, and it was just a mess for them at the beginning of the year. So to me, this this is a quarterback versus quarterback, potentially two first-round picks. I mean, DJU is going to be the number one overall pick in 2023. I think we can, can agree with that. But I think we're looking at potentially two first-round NFL QBs doing it out here. Obviously, elite defenses, elite skill players. You know, we already talked about Zamir White. I love Kendall Milton running back for Georgia. You know, Ross, Jermaine Burton. I mean, this is just another loaded um, Debbie lineup for this game. But for me, it's about those quarterbacks. Yeah, and and honestly, it, it's sad to see because my wide receiver one for the 2022 class, George Pickens, uh, will not be playing this year due to that torn ACL. So uh, definitely hurts Georgia, but, you know, uh, another team that can usually recruit really well. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was very unfortunate for Pickens, but I hear it, he, it happened early enough to where there is a chance if they make the playoff, he can be he can be back for that in, in uh, late December. See, even if he is, I don't think he plays. Yeah, it'll probably be like a Jalen Waddle thing last year. You know, he may suit up and walk out there for a play or two. But, yeah, I, I agree. I, I expected him to actually opt out of the season just because, you know, we expect him to get first-round draft capital and recovering from the injury. So we'll see what happens there. I don't know if we'll see him suit up for Georgia again. But, you know, big opportunity for Jermaine Burton this year. All right, Christian. So let's get into the meat of this pod. And, and what we're talking about this week is the 2024 Devi Draft targets. Now, if this is the first time you're listening to a – Debbie Potter, specifically our Debbie Potter, you're thinking, why are we talking about guys in 2024? Uh, But I'm telling you, this is how far out you need to be preparing. Uh, You need to be building your rankings. You need to be paying attention to all of these games because these will be the next big guys. And if you can get them for a discount now before they pop, then you're just going to be the big winner later. So we're talking about 2024. We'll start off with quarterbacks. Uh, For me, uh, these aren't necessarily my number ones, but I'm going to start with my number one. And my number one is Caleb Williams uh, from the University of Oklahoma. Now, Caleb Williams is the 2023 number one quarterback in the nation. He's out of the District of Columbia, almost went to Maryland, almost went to LSU. Uh, he cl- committed to Oklahoma. He will get the opportunity to follow a very successful run at quarterback for the Sooners, uh, starting with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and now Spencer Rattler, who is on people's shortlist for the Heisman this year. Uh, at six foot one, 210 pounds, Williams has a solid frame for a college quarterback. Uh, doesn't really have that prototypical height. You know, all the static that Kyler Murray got for is he 5'11", is he six foot, doesn't matter. He's a, he's a top three dynasty quarterback right now. Uh, and I know people will complain about it. Uh, but at least he has some of that beef behind him, you know, 210 pounds. Uh, he also has that dual threat nature where he was recorded running a sub four, six in the 40 yard dash in high school. Uh, he can feel the pressure. He's able to escape, but he has some issues with accuracy while he's on the run. Uh, one thing I do like about him that he differs from Jalen hurts uh, is that he goes through his progressions. Uh, and so as long as he can pick that up, once he gets into that Lincoln Riley system, uh, I think he'll definitely develop. Uh, he also has some of those intangibles that you just cannot teach. Uh, it's the same way that Spencer Rattler plays. He's creative. He's quick. Uh, he can completely take over a game with his arms or his legs. Uh, some believe he could already be a potential first round pick, but you know, history shows that that's not a guarantee ever. Uh, and if you want a little bit of the intangible, you know, he consumes half a bag of Sour Patch Kids before every game. So, we all know what Skittles did for Beast Mode in Seattle, but 
Uh, Williams is my QB1 for 2024, and he should be the shoe in to replace Rattler uh, as soon as Rattler heads to the NFL. I agree. Will- Williams is an absolute stud. I mentioned just a second ago that DJU looks like he's the number one pick of the 23 draft. If I had to put money on who was the number one pick of the 24 draft, it's Caleb Williams for LU. I mean, massive arm, you know, his escapability from the pocket and just being able to improvise and make things happen, different arm angles. Like you mentioned, the the rushing ability with that speed. He's at the QB program. I mean, you know, stock up for Caleb Williams. I don't really see how his path is going to be deterred from being the next great quarterback at OU. Yep. Christian, who do you got for quarterback? So for me, uh, this this QB class is really three guys at the top for me. Williams. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, Brock Vandergriff, and then the guy that I've selected here, Sam Heward um, from Washington. So Heward, that name's going to ring a bell. Everybody remembers his dad, Brock Heward. Um, yep. So this kid has some serious college football and some serious NFL pedigree here. Uh, six foot two, 190. Uh, five-star prospect. He's the number one pro-style quarterback in the country. Is behind Caleb Williams in the overall rating. He's the number eleven overall player to Caleb being the number six overall player. But nevertheless, the number one pro-style QB. Uh, Heward has absolutely insane arm strength. Um, he's opportunity pretty quick at a good program. Um, Washington's starter is a sophomore, Dylan Morris. He played pretty well last year. I don't think he played lights out enough to where he's not in danger of losing his job to a, a kid of this stature. Um, you know, we, we already talked about Washington has a pretty big game early on. We'll see how Morris performs in that. If he struggles early, I wouldn't be surprised to see Sam Heward on opening day for the Huskies. Yeah, absolutely. You know, from what I've seen of Heward, and I was obviously doing a lot of uh, research coming up on those Debbie drafts, but the one thing I think I like about him that, that he differs from a lot of others is that he's more of a pocket passer. Like you said, he's got an absolute freaking cannon uh, he can run if he needs to, but I think he prefers to, to stay in the pocket, and I think he's he's really adept at, at making those deep balls uh, accurate with the short throws. So uh, I think he's got great pocket presence as well. So I, I think, like you said, uh, he's got that pedigree already, uh, and we'll see. You know, uh, Washington ha- has put out a, a couple decent quarterbacks uh, lately, and, uh, you know, the, the Pac-12 is uh, it is what it is, but, uh, you know, you can throw there. So, uh, Christian, who do you got for running back? For running back, it's hard for me not to select Travion uh, uh, Williams or Henderson. I'm sorry, <laughs> losing my mind here. It's Travion Henderson from Ohio State. So this is the absolute freak uh, running back prospect from this this class. Um, you know, B. John Robinson, Saquon Barkley type guy in some people's minds, where he's just an absolute you know generational RB one of his class. Um, I mentioned earlier he's got a a a, a 
co-freshman coming in with him, Evan Pryor, that's also very highly regarded. The Ohio State team is just so loaded. But but Henderson's a freak. I mean, we're talking 5'11", 195, five-star, number one running back, number 22 overall player coming out of high school. Huge frame with room to add. He could probably gain 20 pounds with, with, with this frame. He's just a very wide guy. He has elite speed despite being that big. He's got a sub-11, 100, so absolutely elite speed with that size. Um, his hands are just fine, but but he is absolutely elite with the running back traits. So his patience, his vision, his cutting, it's just insane. So, I mean, you're seeing in, in Debbie drafts already. I think you've done a couple this year, CJ. This guy's probably going ahead of some of the 22 and 23 guys already because of the hype this guy's got. He's just an absolute complete package going to an insane program. And, you know, it, it's hard not to get excited if you've watched this guy play. So what, what are your thoughts on Trevion Henderson? Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, he's actually my running back two for this class, but it is incredibly close with uh, Kamara Wheaton uh, of Alabama. Uh, but like you said, I mean, he's got all the intangibles. He can run. He can catch. He's quick. He's got super great speed, too. Uh, hits that hole very hard. Uh, and he's with that program. Uh, and, you know, that that just breeds NFL prospects these days. Uh, and I think if they incorporate him into that high-powered offense uh, early on, I think his sophomore, junior year, he is just going to be absolutely untouchable, and you will not be able to draft him next year. Uh, for a running back for me, I'm going with my running back three of this draft and uh, of this year, and that is Will Shipley uh, out of Clemson. Now, Will Shipley is the number one all-purpose back in the 2021 recruiting class. Uh, he decided to go to Clemson to play in Death Valley, and the five-star recruit is fast. He's 5'11", 198 pounds. He can excel through the hole like a bullet. Uh, he ran a 4'4", in high school. Uh, he holds various high school track records. Uh, he led his high school team in North Carolina to a state championship. He's one of the most skilled pass catchers in this class. I know that everyone is going to say, though, when you talk about fast pass catchers in Clemson, Travis Etienne, right? Now, I know Etienne has been flying off rookie draft boards this year. Shipley could easily move over to be a slot receiver, too, depending on how Dabo wants to use him. Uh, it will be interesting how they groom him over there. Uh, like I said, he is my running back three behind Kamara Wheaton and Travion Henderson. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting, especially uh, – you know, with DeMarcus Bowman transferring out of Clemson to Florida, it looks like Shipley probably has a lot easier role to to, to carries now. Uh, what do you think about Shipley, Christian? Shipley's a stud. I mean, he's a you know the number one all-purpose back for a reason. He can do absolutely everything very well. Um, ETN's gone, so there's a lot of opportunity there. Lynn J. Dixon's not a slouch, though. I mean, he's been a great college running back. But I expect Shipley to be in there quite a bit, getting the the number two running back work. And like you said, you know, being utilized in the slot kind of as a Swiss Army knife. I really think by the time he's coming out, he's going to be the, the best pass catching back in his class coming out. Uh, we're we're going to love getting him on our dynasty rosters and PPR leagues. Um, but, you know, complete good frame, elite speed, great hands, going to a top shelf program. And, you know, ETN just got out of his way. So I, I think all signs are up for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for wide receiver, we kind of touched on that Oregon team a little bit earlier uh, as they have a really big game at Ohio State uh, in September. But uh, I'm going to go off of their wide receiver, Troy Franklin. Now, Troy Franklin is the number three ranked wide receiver in, the, in that 2021 recruiting class. Uh, the four-star prospect uh, committed to Oregon. Uh, he stands 6'2", 170 pounds. Now, listen, Christian. I am not a member of BMI Twitter, okay? And if anybody tells you that, they're they're freaking wrong. I firmly believe that once these dudes get into a legit 
NFL strength and conditioning program, that weight will absolutely not be an issue. I said this for Devonta Smith haters too, because Devonta Smith can easily grow horizontally, but unlike Rondell Moore, he can't grow vertically. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, 170 is fine, especially for a college freshman. I mean, we, we can expect him to gain some weight in college. The 2-2 at will weigh-ins, a, a different story. You know, I mean, that you're getting into like middle school kids weight at that point. So, you know, yeah. well, I'm not concerned with 170. Um, I love that you put Troy Franklin on here because a lot of times, like the, the guy I, ha- I have on here, Jai Hall from Alabama, if you look at their recruiting rankings, Franklin was actually ahead of Hall in the composite by just a smidge. He was the number three wide receiver to Hall being the number five. He was the number 40 overall player to Hall being the number 44. So they're so close in ranking. Neither of them have played it down a college football yet. And when I saw that these were our two, CJ, I, I was on Twitter today, and I happened to see uh, somebody else in the fantasy community have a tweet that uh, posted some Campus to Canton ADP with both of these guys in here. So to, to give him credit, uh, Matthew Bruning uh, from Campus to Canton posted this out here today. Ajayi Hall's ADP in Campus to Canton drafts is 64 right now. Troy Franklin's is 142. So you want to talk about a value. I mean, Ajayi Hall's getting the hype from that insane catch that he had in Alabama spring game and just being a part of Alabama's wide receiver corpse. But you've got basically an equal prospect here going, you know, what is that? 80 spots later. So you want to talk about a value. I bet you can get Troy Franklin for a price that you'll be very happy with right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Franklin has, he has great top end speed. Uh, he's got quick acceleration off the line. He, he's become very difficult to press much like Antonio Brown is. Uh, he's the type of guy that can take a five yard slant to the house. Anytime he touches it. Uh, the one thing that interests me is the fact that Oregon also has the number two ranked dual threat quarterback in the nation behind Kyla Williams. And that's quarterback Ty Thompson. It'll be interesting to watch these two develop their chemistry over the next few years and that high powered uh, Pac-12 offense. I, I think we can definitely see some electricity from Franklin this year. Some people have compared him also to Devonta Smith. I know his fantasy players, especially his Debbie players, we like to focus a lot on the on the Big Ten and the SEC. The Pac-12 really doesn't get a ton of love, uh, but I'm telling you right now, you need to pay attention to this Oregon team. They have a lot of talent. Franklin will be definitely worth one of your draft picks. I currently have Franklin as my wide receiver six for 2024. Uh, that's only because Alabama's got three in, in my top five, but he could easily move up depending on how those studs at Alabama develop. Absolutely. Um, so, so real quick, I'll touch on, on Ajayi Hall just a little bit. Um, 6'3", 190, four-star, number five wide receiver, number 44 overall player. For me, the 6'3", this kind of reminds me of what I, what I was saying about Terrace Marshall in, in my video with him. Like this guy's frame, being 6'3", 190, already arriving in college, going to the Bama weight program. This dude's probably going to be a good 6'3", 205, 210 when he's coming out. This dude is just an incredible athlete. Like, I'm sure by now you've seen that catch he made in the Alabama spring game. I mean, this guy is an incredible acrobatic catch waiting to happen. You know, what was that stat on Madden back in the day? Insane catch that had its own yeah. category. This guy would be through the roof on that. Um, the thing with Bama oh. is, I mean, they're, they're as crowded as Ohio State in the Ohio State room, in the wide, in the wide receiver room. You know, coming in in this same class, you got, you know, fellow uh, blue chip prospects, JoJo Earl and then Ja'Cory Brooks. And Ja'Cory Brooks even has a, a much higher – uh, prospect rating than Hall, but Hall is my favorite of these three. We know we can expect these Alabama guys to to make it to the league at this point. I mean, we just see them cranking out first round receiver after first round receiver. Most people seem to love Bryce Young being there. You know, uh, Ty Simpson committed already after Bryce Young, another five star quarterback. So 
you know, as long as Nick Saban's there, maybe even after he's gone, you know, we expect Bama to have five-star players everywhere. And as long as they're willing to come in and buy into the process there, they're, they're going to be a high pick in the NFL draft. So I can't get enough of Ajayi Hall. I, I don't know how to say his name correctly. I hope that's correct. It could just be Ajayi, Ajayi, I don't know. But, you know, uh, he's he's my guy at wide receiver in this class. But as far as value goes, you hit the nail on the head with Troy Franklin. And I want to hop back to him real quick. You said he's pretty quick off the line. This dude is explosive off the line. That's what I think makes him a little different than Devontae Smith on that comparison. The Smith is more of a technician. This dude is an absolute monster off the line. Like, I don't, I don't know that I've seen a receiver get off the line and get into their route as fast as this guy, Troy Franklin. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him develop as a college player. And I, I think we're still going to be talking about these two guys in a couple of years um, when we're preparing for our rookie drafts. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the way that the the 2024 wide receivers are kind of slowly – uh, coming out, you know, uh, my way too early tier break uh, is uh, my wide receiver. One is uh, Amika Igbuka from Ohio State and Ja'Cory Brooks from Alabama. Uh, those are my tier one guys. After that, I mean, any of these guys, uh, Ajayi Hall, Jojo Earl, Mario Williams from OU and Troy Franklin. I mean, they're all right there in that tier two. Uh, even if you want to throw in Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, who we haven't really even talked about uh, out of that that storied uh, Ohio State team that they've got coming up. So uh, I think we're definitely going to have one of those very, very talented wide receiver classes uh, coming up. I agree. So for tight ends, uh, and you and I kind of talked about this offline, not really the strongest tight end class right now. Um, You know, this 2024 class of tight ends, it it doesn't excite me at all. Uh, It could potentially have a few breakouts, uh, you know, uh, but who I'm going to talk about here for the 2024 class is is Thomas Fedone. Uh, he's the number two ranked tight end in the 2021 recruiting class. He has a really good size at 6'5", 225 pounds out of uh, Iowa. Kind of surprised, actually, that the Hawkeyes or the Cyclones didn't jump on this guy. Uh, he is one of those tight ends, though, that just plays a lot outside. So we'll obviously need to work on his blocking skills uh, to become that more complete tight end. Uh, when he gets to college and, and potentially the pros. Uh, he's very comfortable running the entire route tree. He's got great size, you know, basketball player. Uh, he also has been compared to uh, Zach Ertz. Now, obviously, take these comps with a grain of salt, you know, because this dude's still in high school. Uh, and I'm not going to say that he's going to have the same success uh, as Zach Ertz, but he's got that play style. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Nebraska uses him uh, over the next few years. Really, Nebraska hasn't really stretched the field all that much. So uh, Fidone could definitely eat, uh, you know, if he's tearing up the middle of that field. Uh, We'll just have to wait and see. You know, he's a four-star prospect. Uh, I currently have him as my tight end two for the 2024 class. He's definitely no Kyle Pitts, but (laughs) most tight ends aren't. Uh, So we'll just have to wait and see, you know. Yeah, I like Fidone. For me, he's the tight end one in this class. Um, Who do you have as tight end one? Is it Brenning Stool? Yep. Yeah. See, for me, he weighs 210 pounds. Like th- that is too small for me to be, to be a tight end. Like imagine we're looking at, you know, player profile or this stuff three years from now. And we're looking at a guy that weighs, you know, 220, you know, to me, he's just too small to play tight end in the league. I mean, he's from my state here in Tennessee. I've seen him play in high school. He's, he's a good high school football player, but to me, he's not an NFL tight end. Um, Clemson will probably make it work for him in college fantasy, but I'm just to me, he's too thin, too too small of a frame to really be a tight end in the NFL. And that's my issue with this tight end class. Like, if you're looking through any tight end rankings in this class, it's a bunch of 6'3", 220 guys, you know. Uh, going through here, I mean, Fedone is a good 6'5", 225. 
And like you mentioned, the route tree, this dude is playing a big wide receiver in high school. He's out wide most of the time. I mean, I, I can't believe Iowa let this guy get out of the state. Like this guy must've really grew up hating the Hawkeyes. I mean, that's tight end you right there yeah. cranking them out every year. And you know, here's a guy right in your backyard and it ends up going to Nebraska. So, you know, I, I don't know enough about the recruiting in that area of the country to know how he got away from Iowa, but I love his size. I love that he is really utilized as a big wide receiver because that's what we want in fantasy. Um, for me, I, I'm taking the other tight end that's, you know, big enough to play in the NFL. And uh, I'm going to try to get his name correct as much as I can. Mo- Maliki Matavau from Oregon. So you, you must like this guy since you're all over the Oregon youth. This guy is 6'6", 240. Uh, four-star. He's the number five ranked tight end on 247 composite, number 156 overall player in the country. Quite a bit different than Fedone. Fedone's already being used like we like our fantasy assets to be used. Matavau is, you know, an NFL body, but he's he's great with his hands down, great as a blocker. He, he can run routes, not to the level of Fedone, but he's better in the blocking game and with his hands down. He's a more complete tight end than Fedone, but Fedone is what we want for fantasy. So for me, I, I like your guy better than my guy, but I believe my guy is going to have a, an NFL career because he's already got the size that we want and, and he can play, you know, both ends of his position very well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I believe Matavau is also like a track star at Oregon. So for to be that size and, and to 6'6", 240, I mean, dude's already a monster. Imagine when he gets into that uh, college conditioning program. Uh, we're going to be seeing uh, Instagram videos of this dude benching some and, and squatting some ridiculous numbers. So Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, as a little bonus near the end of the, the pod, we're going to talk about uh, – I want to know what your best draft pick has been so far in any of your drafts, whether it be Dynasty or Debbie. I really had to dig for this one. I've done about 15 rookie drafts so far over the past month, and I, I, I looked into it, and most of them were pretty chalk. You know, that there were some where I got Waddle early in the second round, you know, Mac Jones early in the second round a couple times, but nothing crazy. You know, so looking at it, the biggest anomaly that I could found find is, is there was one league where I got Nico Collins at the 310. So almost into the fourth round. And this guy has day two draft capital. He's going to a team with only really one bona fide wide receiver. The quarterback situation's a mess, but I mean he he looks to get volume there. He has day two draft capital. I don't see how this guy's falling out of the, the late second round. I've seen him going as early as two six, you know, yeah, about as late as three two. So getting him at three ten, to me that was crazy. Like, you know, JV and Hawkins went ahead of him. You know, like Khalil Herbert, like the people that were going ahead of him, I I just feel are, you know, seventh round picks, no opportunity. Like I I was just baffled that I was able to get him at, you know, that's in the 40s, isn't it? Pick overall, that's close. You know, late 30s. It's nuts that I got him that late. So I'd say that's probably my best value that I found in my rookie drafts was Nico Collins at the 310. Yeah, I did a profile on Nico Collins for the Fantasy Authority uh, leading up to the draft. And uh, the deeper you dig into him, it's just like, man, Michigan wasted him. You know, this is the number two wide receiver out of Alabama. Everyone, that's where (laughs) prospects go to die. Yeah, I mean, Nico was the number two wide receiver out of that state behind only Henry Ruggs. Uh, And, you know, Shea Patterson, you know, he's a jag, you know, really. Um, You know, he's he's just a guy. I just feel like, man, if, if Nico would have went to Bama or he would have went, you know, to, to even Florida or Georgia or Clemson, I mean, we, he'd be untouchable. He could be potential, you know, second round NFL draft, you know? So mm-hmm. um, we'll see, you know, f- for my best value pick so far and, and me and uh, Matt Jackson are on this guy is Cornell Powell. 
uh, I got him in <laughs> at 501 in, in one of my drafts. Uh, you know, Miko Cardman, uh, Byron Pringle, or Demarcus Robinson, they really have not seized that number two wide receiver position behind Tyreek in Kansas City. Uh, so I really think Cornell Powell, who's just uh, got those stud-like features, he could uh, do some big things. Uh, and listen, when you're attached to that offense, you're attached to Patrick Mahomes, you need to pay attention to this dude. And people are skipping him uh, at an insane rate in these in these drafts that I'm doing. So do yourself a favor. You got a later pick. Look at Cornell Powell. He will be uh, – a key to to this Chiefs offense going forward. I, I really believe so. Yeah, I like Powell. He's a guy, but a little later on. Um, I've known he's played for Clemson for four or five years. You know, he's one of those guys that's just a you know college gamer. You know, he's not the youngest rookie. You know, doesn't have the breakout age or anything like that that we want. But the guy's a winner. You know, he's a leader. And like you said, the situation he landed in is is great. You know, I first really started digging in on this guy. I don't know if you saw when uh, you know combine training and all that there was a shirtless photo of this guy that came out and the guy looked like a greek god i was like who is that like my god it's like that jonathan taylor picture we saw last year and i was like who is this guy i'm like oh that's that good dude from clemson so i started looking into him a little more and the guy's a good player you know um I, i'm usually anti uh day three draft capital dra- anti undrafted free agents but you're talking the fifth round here you have no choice but to take those guys at this point and you know if you're taking some of these running backs that are fifth on the depth chart, some of these wide receivers that, I mean, this is absolutely a no brainer to take a shot on this guy in the fourth round, you know, being connected to Patrick Mahomes, having the championship pedigree from Clemson. You know, if you're going to take a flyer on somebody, it's him. You know, I've felt the same way about Amari Rogers, you know, Clemson's become one of those programs you can trust, you know, these guys that just, you know, bring their lunch pail to work at the Clemson program. We've seen with Hunter Renfro, those guys are going to make, you know, a spot for themselves in the league, you know, whether they're a pro bowler or not, they're going to play in the league for a while. And sometimes that late in the draft, you just want a guy that's still going to be in the NFL in three years. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, with uh, the loss that they had at, at wide receiver, you know, with Justin Ross going down, I mean, Powell just really stepped it up. So uh, I expect big things from him in Kansas City. So, uh, you know, I think that will probably wrap up uh, our pod this week, Christian. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, why don't you let all the folks uh, listening uh, know what you're working on? Yeah, so over the next probably week or so, I've got a uh, top five video for 22 running backs coming out. Um, also a top five video for the uh, 22 quarterbacks coming out. So some more Debbie content uh, video form. You can find it on the TFA feed on YouTube. Um, you can keep up with me on Twitter again at Evil Empire FF. I'm usually on there each day, you know, uh, commenting on stuff, you know, posting some stuff out there, trying to interact with as many people as I can. Um, but yeah, as far as content coming up, got those two top fives and uh, that's it other than, you know, the reoccurring episodes of this pod. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, in the next few weeks, I'll be dropping a lot of Devi content on the fantasyauthority.com, especially in the ramp up in the college season. I'll also be continuing uh, some of my dynasty content uh, as I am one of the rankers over there. I'm also excited to really get back into my positional battles. Uh, I've got wide receivers and tight ends coming up. Uh, over on Fantasy Pros, I've been doing a thing where uh, I pick the the best battles at the skill positions and profile them. So uh, I'm also really looking forward to seeing some college football because, man, my Debbie rankings are kind of stale, and I don't want to be one of those guys that moves it just to move them because there's literally nothing for us to do right now. You know, it's, uh, you know, the spring game, uh, you know, 
tells us some stuff, but it's not enough for me to move my rankings around. So uh, if you want to check out my Debbie rankings, uh, they are on Fantasy Pros, and you can find them there. So uh, once again, I am CJ Lang. You can find me at Clubber underscore Lang 83. He is Christian Welch at Evil Empire FF. Uh, please subscribe to the Debbie Authority on all your podcast platforms. Uh, we can be found under the Fantasy Authority podcast family, uh, the Debbie Authority. Uh, we would also love any feedback you might have, any uh, player questions, show suggestions, or any Debbie or fantasy-related questions. Man, we love football. We love getting involved in that fantasy football community and, and talking it. So uh, you can also reach us by email, and you can find us at the Devi Authority at gmail.com. Uh, until next time, talk to you guys later. What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? You can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much. Put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. Hey, what you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? You can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much. But I know I don't blame everything that I say, man. I seen you deflate. Let me elevate this in a prank. Have you walking on a plank? Both hands together, God, let me pray. I've been going right, right around, go to relay. Pass up a time, back in the mall, swimming in the pool, can't you come on? Want a piece of this, a piece of mine, my piece of sign. Can you please read between the lines? My mind declined to break your spine. They say that I'm so fine. You could never match my fine. Please do not knock with my time. What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? You can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.